Right, exactly. That's such a good point. Yeah. You you have this desire to fulfill the role of the unconscious. Yeah. Of weaving this huge, like, it's going to be a novel, but it's also going to come with a CD of music. And right, it's also right. going to have, like, drawings in it. And it's going to be, like, everything. When that sometimes is, like, a symbol for how the end product is is going to look like the end product yeah, being right. your life yeah, being it's really the, thi the thing that is that connects uh, what that's about right is it's about the thing that connects all of the individual instances that's your style actually that's what yeah. that represents <laughs> so right, it's all about exactly. developing your style and what i found is that this that that's actually starting to happen for me like if you look at my different art stuff they all sh are starting to share a bit of an identity i feel that yeah. the the video and the 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 painting and the drawing and the uh, um, just I don't know the the ideas and the aesthetic like it's all kind of starting to feel like like you could identify that it came from me. But what's so interesting is that that's only started to happen to me once I kind of started to abandon the pretense that I could design that. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think when I was yeah. younger, I was really trying to design a style, you know, consciously. Mm. Like, oh, I like this. I'll take this and connect it to this. And it's funny, like, in the end, the process is like that. I, I developed this. Mm. I'm developing a style by kind of blindly following into intuitive things. Um, but it's just about actually giving giving those intuitive things room to fully express themselves. I think I was, you know, you just, I was just short-circuiting really fast of like, okay, here's this thing that I like. Let me consciously determine what parts of it I like and delete the other mm. parts instead uh. of, you know, let's collide two things that I like that I don't even understand, you know? I just have mm. a feeling that maybe they'd get along. Or maybe they'd fight in a way that would be spectacular, and I could record the carnage yep. or whatever. And you, yeah. and then you let it occur more than you, you know, more than you build it. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's. I love the idea that unconsciously a style begins to emerge when you abandon the desire to do so, and precisely because of that, uh, you end up creating something that is like. It's not only that the unconscious is stitching together the parts, but that when you stop trying to stitch together the parts, you end up stitching them together as well. Like you end up, <laughs> yeah, you, you end exactly. up creating like because some like some of your videos have included, uh, let's say, the hand drawn kind of uh, glyphs that yes, you included yeah. in the. And some they have the whole idea of mashing music together, which is something that has happened as a standalone music piece yep. before as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. So it's as if the the artifacts are becoming. What's so weird though is that none of that none of that was like a big deal to me. I wasn't. I didn't yeah. go into it with some like big vision or whatever. I was literally yes. just like, I don't understand these movies. I'm gonna throw them into premiere with this song and just see what happens. You know. Uh, but but as you're yeah. working on it, yeah, you. It's like things suggest themselves that you can then capitalize on. And um, you just get, you know, yeah, you get these weird ideas, but it's like, you're like, oh, I can connect this, I can connect this. But, but, but those individual connections are being, yeah, they're being 
oftentimes it seems like they're being determined by something higher. And then it's really mm -hmm. fun. Like I'm currently going back through anima problems and finding all the mm -hmm. stuff I didn't know I put in it, you know, right. <laughs> tons of interesting stuff. <laughs> yeah. It, it It's weird. Cause it, what it reminds me of as well is um, I was really obsessed with the lucid dreaming when I was like 17 and I me was too. so obsessed. Yeah. Did I was, you watch Waking Life? Was that your introduction to yeah, it? That's kind of my introduction. No, oh, I did. I loved Waking Life. Um, but I wonder, yeah, you, you're making me wonder what my introduction was now. Mm. I can't. I, I might can't have known. What... I probably did know. Actually, I do. I had a lucid dream when I was like five. <laughs> and my dad explained oh. to me what it was. But but really, it, Waking Life reignited my interest in it and made me learn how to do it as a teenager and young adult. Um, so it was, it was a big deal, that movie, yeah. That's funny, because I, I think I also had a lucid dream when I was really young. Like, I think it's pretty common, yeah, actually. I think little kids yeah. just spontaneously have them. <laughs> mm. Right, which I think is the the, the thing that, mm, at least f for me, what happened is that I became so obsessed with having lucid dreams that I couldn't have them. Oh, it's like yeah. it's a bit like sort of an erectile dysfunction or something where like the more oh, yeah yeah you, like the more you try to have an erection like the the less you you can like there's something about spontaneity is necessary which means that you have to stop caring about it yeah yeah it's like with this artwork thing that you have to the less you care about creating a huge masterwork the more it begins to be a huge masterwork exactly yeah <laughs> and exactly. like there's something strange about I've never um, been more pleasantly surprised by the way like after yeah. a lifetime of trying to like trying to make art that connects in this way to like mm -hmm. to find that as soon as I like loosened my grip it just started to assemble on its own it was just like oh great <laughs> <laughs> what have I been wasting all this energy on all these years <laughs> I yeah no exactly like god it's 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 a strange um it's a strange thought, really, how uh, the, the there's this interesting balance between the ego as observer, you just yeah. sit back and enjoy the show, and the ego as actively doing stuff. Yeah. Um, because uh, I feel like, at least in our art, yeah, like, sync has been really, like, teaching me, at least, the the... the it, 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 this thing about trying to let go a little bit more and um and it surround and it surrounds art that's the funny thing that it f f again i'm not implying that for everyone sync is like this but just how art as something important in our lives has been a central issue in sync like with the whole thing we discussed with the interstate 60 yeah well, I don't think we discussed it on any of the podcasts, but anyway, like Interstate 60 is about <laughs> being yes. an artist and all that. But um, if people want to know about Interstate 60, they can go to archive.org <laughs> slash details slash at sync century and watch many hours of extremely in-depth commentary on that film. Yes, please do. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to plug my thing. Continue. No, no, I mean, because, no, because that's the, I mean, that's the the whole the whole thing that it's funny how sync has this like cosmic dimension to it, where suddenly you you become enveloped in like uh, the uh, the 
archaic art mm. of all of humanity is echoing yeah, your personal yeah, dreams exactly. and all that. It seems cosmic, but then at the same time, it's pinpointing very specific issues in your life. Yes. Like, it's, it's very just, cosmic. It's both. It, yeah. There's, I, like, I feel like, almost like, that there's no way for it not to... The, the just, above and below. Yeah, it just has... Like, that's just how we are. Of mm. course, it's going to mm. be personal because we're personal, but... <laughs> yeah. 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 The, like, it, 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 it's... Because on the one hand, like, a lot of sinks that um, we've noticed in movies seem to be about a global situation. Yeah. Um, and at the same time, they are about uh, us making art right <laughs> like in the sense exactly. of on the one hand it's yeah. like there are two there are two problems one is like the big problem and how do well the we funny as individuals... thing that is that i start have started to conclude <laughs> that it's as if the unconscious just can't tell the difference yeah or thinks them. of art as the big deal issue uh-huh you know? yes yeah yeah because it's not just uh, like like the whole Jungian thing exists in deep conversation with art and images you know mm. and, uh, there's just something well and and shamanism generally as also as storytellers and maybe shadow puppeteers and who knows how these things went together around the fire mm. you know which is another interesting aspect of we talk about multimedia and all of this you know Mm. So, yeah, it's because we all used to sit around and, and make a fire <laughs> and, right, and cook, yeah. which is an alchemical thing of making these ingredients and transforming the stuff. And then you eat it. And then while you're eating, you have you have music and a story and a dance that are all happening around the fire. And then maybe you can look at the fire and imagine pictures in it. It's kind of it's already a movie, really. <laughs> yeah, and 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 like, and we you know we eat popcorn in a movie theater and all that. And it's you know it's just it's oh, exactly the same yeah. thing. Less social and and like and less uh, nice. Because <laughs> it, it, it's it's funny also how um in in yeah in, in shamanic cultures there's also the the whole thing with um uh, color like. Uh, you know sort of the the costumes are very colorful the, the not the costumes you know like the sort of the the you are covering yourself in color as well right yeah um yeah this the, uh, i don't know writing on the body is something i've become very interested in recently ah exactly yeah. so it is multimedia it's almost like it's it's yeah magic and alchemy has something about Using all of the senses. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. I have. Um. I have sketches from when I was really in a weird, different space with this, trying to think about art as spells in this occult mm. context, and that was exactly it. I thought that there was something about art that moved the whole kind of chakra system at once. You know, it mm. hits your uh-huh. head, it hits your heart, it hits your gonads and the rest of your body. It's, you know. Yes that that somehow it brings different levels of the complex adaptive system into a resonance. They're all kind of uh, vibing in time around a pattern. 
and that somehow it seemed to me that that might put the organism into a an almost hypnotic kind of state where you might be able to implant a suggestion or something. <laughs> I was going very dark with it, like you know, <laughs> program people by by kind of yeah. stunning them with like you know with these weird pattern things. Yeah, I don't think it exactly works that way, but somehow art does though work that way. <laughs> that that's funny because it's that's something that really amaze me about reading about um occultism because i'd never really understood why people used incense and dressed up in costumes and stuff like that it yeah. seemed very um like the unimportant yeah it felt to me that you could just if it was real then you you could just do it without the costumes right kind of thing but then you realize that another way to look at it is that the incense is stimulating your sense of smell. The colors right. are, are stimulating your sight. You can play music that stimulates your ears. Like you are really sort of exactly, you're concentrating all of your chakras onto the same frequency. Yeah, 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 something yeah. About... <laughs> you're you're, you're uh, constellating a, a vibe. Yeah. <laughs> it's the vibe. Wow. The vibe is so important. That's that's what the whole cer- ceremonial magic thing brings. And and also I had the realization today, isn't all pop music just ceremonial magic, really? It's people right. dressing up in costumes and like shouting weird slogans at you and <laughs> repetitively yes. over hypnotic droning sounds, you know. And the imagery is so important to pop music. Yes, yeah, so as well, important. Like... And and these days, even in very mainstream pop, has become explicitly a cult. The imagery just is a cult, you know. It's yeah. It's it's eye of Providence stuff and yeah, yeah. weird, you know, satanic yeah, like, yeah, no. like stuff and just like all that stuff. Like it's very interesting. Yeah, that's funny because I'm starting like it. That's very interesting because it, it it's a way of subverting the typical conspiracy explanation of this maybe or like not subverting maybe offering a new perspective is that the other way the other day we're talking about okay (laughs) (laughs) like the the other day we were speaking about how um witch burnings yeah and how it seems as if uh, (laughs) which unbeknownst to us by the way we were we were talking about on the day of the anniversary of the banning of Self, the self-immolation of widows in India, I think by the British oh, Empire. Right, I didn't understand that when you sent it to me. Of course. <laughs> yeah, dude, bizarre. <laughs> okay, yeah, and then okay, so this is um, again to to make a reference uh, for the um, <laughs> potential listeners, <laughs> other people in the sync community uh, on on like. Facebook that day were also speaking about that. I, I, like, really? Yeah, like Will Morgan was sharing stuff about um, about the 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 witch archetype. Like, yeah, I swear it, to it God, was... dude. Today I was watching um, <laughs> Hot Ones. You know, it's this YouTube show where they make celebrities oh, drink like, or like eat wings with like hot sauce, or whatever. Yes, 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 yes. Bill Burr was on it. Like, finally, uh-huh. people have been requesting him be on it for like years or whatever, and. Uh, and it's funny because I, you know, I used Bill Burr in like one of my archive videos. Anyway, it was just the first time I'd watched that show in a long time, and they've changed mm. the hot sauce lineup, and uh-huh. they have a hot sauce now that's just this like burning witch on the 
front of it because <laughs> it's like a hot sauce, like fire. So it really drove. Like I was like, I okay, I accept it now. But there's a deeper connection between witches and burning than you know. Right. It's right. Yeah. <laughs> Just everywhere. That thing. That I, is, I don't yeah. think it's merely historical. Is, is what I'm saying. Obviously, it is historical. There was mm-hmm. witch burning. It was horribly yes. traumatic for everybody, and so we remember it. But but the fact that that those things came together in that way, I think it's somehow similar to 9/11, right? Totally. 9/11, I was about it, it to already say that. <laughs> has archetypal, resi- like built into it. You know. Oh my God, man, that's amazing. Because like in a weird way, uh, 9/11 is a witch burning. It in is. The sense it that is. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it it's the goddess burning kind yeah. of thing. Holy shit! Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. And and as a trauma, well, it's like it the, it's like the stick. goddess's revenge. I think it's like the Statue oh, of Liberty lights the towers on fire. Sorry, if I can speak in a completely no, insane space now. The Statue no. of Liberty lit the Twin Towers on fire on 9-11. <laughs> you know that, Alan? <laughs> That's actually what happened on 9-11. <laughs> I, actually, I actually love that perspective because it's so Robert Anton Wilson in a way. Yeah, like, totally. It is kind like, of somehow what I believe, I'm afraid to say. It's what happens oh, at the end of Ghostbusters 2. You see yeah. her torch touch the, the Twin yes. Towers in this perfect momentary alignment yeah 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 that's funny you just reminded me like what came to mind was um there's this film uh based on a philip k dick short story the adjustment bureau oh yeah 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 i know that one i just really remember seeing a lot of um uh, I think I've even go, seen oh, that. Yeah, I don't quite Okay, remember. right. I just remembered because there's a lot of um, like goddess torch bearing goddess symbolism in it. Like oh, the, okay. The, Interesting. I, I remember picking up on that. There was like a specific like halls. They are like in a museum or something and there's explicit statues of like Greek statues of like women holding a torch or whatever. And then at one point they actually like one of the adjustment bureau like portals, it opened portals in places opens in the Statue oh, of Liberty. Or something yeah. like that. Um, I just sort of, I wanted to kind of bring that up into consciousness before I forget, because it, yeah, it might no, be an interesting, interesting movie to, yeah. to rewatch. Um, <clears throat> I wanted to actually, if I can, mm-hmm. bring this yes. back just a little bit. Um, yep. Something we were talking about a little earlier. Um, I was just thinking again about ceremonial magic and how you said that you've had this desire now to paint. And, yes. Uh, and how, you know, for me, it's a little bit of a different situation because I've maintained a visual art practice pretty much through my whole life. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's been focused in different areas. When I, when I, before I got into sync, it had moved into design really strongly. I was doing product design, you know, for these synthesizers I was building. And stuff. Uh, yeah. And that was quite creative work. And it's very interesting to, to try to be creative visually when there are all these technical constraints and you actually have to mm. build this thing and it, it actually has to be usable and you know, yeah. <laughs> all that, all that kind of stuff. Um, mm. But after sync, there was a strong reorientation of my creative drive, particularly in relation to pictures towards, um, towards the arts more purely in a way that I had kind of disowned, at least in practice, if not ex- sort of explicitly in worldview. I don't know exactly why. It's part of a more comp- complicated conversation there or something. But, but so I also experienced this profound like recentering on the image. But also for me, drawing, and I think you mentioned this too, drawing was something that I did 
when I was a kid and that I think most kids do, you know, it's like Mm. kids draw and that you get socialized out of to an extent, I think. Mm. Um, Even as an artist, you learn to compartmentalize it somehow. It's not, you can't just make a drawing once you're an adult. It has to be, I'm working on my art. And that kills it. Oh, totally. That just already destroys it. And Mm. so what I've noticed now is um, there's been a broad reorientation of my creativity in the direction of childhood practices. I find Mm. that not only am I drawing, but it's very important to me sometimes to draw with the worst instruments in the worst thing. Like this last automatic drawing I did was in a little composition notebook, you know, like a lined notebook for, (laughs) you don't want to make art in that. You have these lines all over it, but somehow I just, I can't get it to come out on a, real canvas it never comes out right but if i'm doing it on like a legal pad or on the back of a napkin yeah or just you know it it's somehow better and so then i'm also i'm sitting on the floor now when i do it which is how i used Mm. to work when i was a little kid and in general i find that i'm on the floor a lot now (laughs) wow i just like part of it is that i'm in this different room and i haven't really set it up but but i've also been really noticing that it's it shifts my perspective like when I'm working on the floor, playing guitar on the floor or working on art on the floor, uh, it somehow does put me in a more childlike frame of mind. And I find that, I found that uh, when I had my first really strong anima encounter and I was talking to this statue, mm. it was like I was five again, five and mm. terrified, you know? That's what it yeah. was is because because <laughs> the aliens have landed, you know, and you revert to a state of to a to a to some other state, I think, when that kind of stuff is happening. So I'm trying to now court that a little bit in my art. I want to feel a little scared and like something who knows what's going to happen. And it's not I don't want to be thinking at all about really about how anyone else is going to perceive anything that's happening. That's the problem when you go into it, I think, with the attitude of like, I'm going to make art now. Instantly, mm. that imports this whole thing about the audience. And yes. man, you're fucked if that's what you're thinking about. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, I know what you mean. Like, it would be nice to just make art. And then later, yes, <laughs> you can decide whether there is something that is that is worth sharing. Or exactly. Something. I don't know, and like, the more yeah. that I can somehow approximate this childlike approach to it, the, the more that seems true. Like the more that I, cause I didn't care when I was eight. I, mm. I was just try, you know, I made stuff because I needed to. Yes. And the thing is, you still need to, you just forgot that you needed to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then that need became like maybe the source of like a million symptoms in your life in a thousand different directions, you know? Um, yeah. Wow, this is really like it really hits a chord cuz um I think one of the things that made me really like sad the other day painting is sad in like a good way I suppose <laughs> is that um exactly I I don't have any materials to paint with. I just borrowed some old brushes from my mum that were just oh, laying that's around. Oh, yeah. Really old brushes that are like they're really bad they really make some bad lines 
And yeah. I bought some really cheap paint. Paint. <laughs> Bad lines. It, so- it sounds like you're referring to pickup lines. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> 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 it's, it's a nice name for something. Yeah, you know? yeah, bad lines. <laughs> it's pretty good. <laughs> but um, so I bought, I went to, to just like a, a store and I bought the kind of paint that it, it was advertised as children's paint. It's paint for children in school or something. Mm-hmm. It's just some very basic Most, primary yeah, yeah. colors in these little like pots. And, <laughs> and I was... Because I'm used to drawing with a pencil, um, the kind of stuff that came out when I was using a brush was very childish because my technique is so rough. And it was exactly like the kind of stuff that I would paint in art class when I was a kid. Exactly, yeah. I found the same thing. I just started drawing these. Just You have all this memory of this stuff mm. you used to do obsessively when you were 13. Yeah. And... But it, it it was strange because it was almost as if, because I've only practiced using a pen or a pencil, and I haven't practiced using a brush, uh-huh. yeah. it felt as if my technique had been halted in time, and I ah, was sort yes. of going yeah, yeah, back, yeah. it really like brought me back to I think to mus- musicians a whole lot do of that feelings, a lot, yeah. too, with switching to non-primary instruments. You know? uh, like if you had piano lessons when you were 10 or something and then forgot about it and took up a different instrument it seems like uh, often I think there are multiple things going on there too because part of it is just trying to actually to get away from muscle memory and things it's like mm. maybe when you use a pencil you're always using it in a pretty similar way because it's so familiar. Like when I play guitar, there are things that my hands just do. Stupid mm. little cliche blues licks and like, <laughs> you know, little chord things that I, I just know how to do. And like, when you go yeah. to an instrument that's not your main thing, whether it's a musical instrument or a, or a visual instrument or whatever, like, it's all, it's suddenly new, you know, it's, you have to figure it out. You don't know what's possible on it yet, which, which also means that you can, make bad mistakes that end up producing amazing things. <laughs> yeah, you're yeah. right. You you have to learn how to use it. Like, And th- that, I think, is sort of what felt very strange. It it felt as if I was like a five-year-old kid. Yeah, who... it's so sad. We're not lear- used to learning things as adults. Yeah. <laughs> the time when you're learning stuff, that's when you're a little kid, yeah. Yeah, like suddenly you realize that I wanted to draw like a face and I can't get it to be how I want it to be Yeah. because because my hand isn't responding in the way that I wanted to. It felt like this weird like childish impotence. Yeah, because it's a of, hard limit. You can't yeah. <laughs> make it better by trying harder. <laughs> it's a skill that has to be very slowly like developed. Yeah. And and th- that so I am I'm very sort of excited about this in a way because it's that on the one hand it's like weirdly sort of return to the art form that was most important to me when i was a kid and that has fallen out of favor yeah and also at the same time it has this strange sort of jungian thing of like that i think the visual arts are they 
there is something about I think the reason in re- the Red Book it's filled with images. Well, one reason is because you know you couldn't like put music in it or something. But right. like like dreams are visual. Yes, there is there are voices and all that. But um, a dreams a very visual thing. I feel like at least for yes, me, I suppose yeah, maybe yeah. for different people it, it's different. But there's something about um, uh, the visual aspect. Vision is of... just the single most data rich sense. You know, it really is right. It's incredibly it, it, high precision sensors there, so and a lot of computation to make it interpretable on the other side. So the whole brain really is organized around it in some way. <laughs> right, right. So yeah, there is something like that. Um, I don't know. <laughs> it's it's sort of it, it feels more um, powerful, not more powerful than other art forms, but it feels as if because I have ignored it. Yeah, untapping it, no, sort of tapping it now, is feeling very intense because I hadn't sort of looked at it, and because vision is so intense. To yeah, it also and, does seem, doesn't it seem that vision, vision is where symbolism happens much more oh. easily and strongly than. I mean, not like you can't have symbolism in music. Of course you can, but yeah. Um, no, but but for me, it's just something about images. Like, and it's probably not just for me. There's just there's something about pictures. It's the home yep. of symbol. So, yeah, you're right. Because I mean, the only the only place in music where I feel like for me, where I feel symbolism is in lyrics. Yeah. Well, and actually, lyrics. it's so interesting. I think mm-hmm. that that um, the thing I really admire about Daniel Lopatin's work, who's yep. you know OPN stage name. Yeah. Um, is that he somehow seems to do symbolic things directly with the sound. I've never heard mm. anyone else do that. He's really unique in doing that. And hardly anyone seems to get that that's what he's doing, you know, because no one gets symbolism. But oh, but he uses... And, and he does it by positioning the sound in a more Im- imagistic space, actually. His sound is often evocative of, oh, it sounds like waves, sounds like an ocean. Oh, and then this other thing sounds like... You know, and that sounds like... That opens the door to symbolic stuff. So, pretty interesting. Yeah. You're right. There is something in his music that sounds as if he's making sculptures out of sound. Like yeah, the... yeah, yeah. And it becomes, as soon as it becomes even a little bit visual, for me, I start I start hearing or seeing in a way. I start seeing symbolic things in the, in mm. the songs. Yeah. I think he really plays right. with it, it deliberately, though. It's... It's quite virtuosic, some of the stuff that he does, anyway. <laughs> cool. That that's very interesting. I would love to because I, I all I know about OPN is you know I've I've listened to to his music, so uh, that'd be an interesting. I I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It's something I would well, like think to, about to like maybe... for instance that um you listen to Age of right just that yes. whole first track where like it starts with the keyboard with mm. the piano. There's a mm-hmm. connection there between the computer keyboard. And we see a computer on the screen oh, cover. Oh, good point. You know, the yeah. harpsichord and also the player piano as something algorithmic that runs <sighs> a loop or a process. You know, I feel that he's playing with all of that, you know. And then the mm. way that that harpsichord, like, which is something very mechanical and without expression, right? That was the thing that the piano introduced was was pianissimo <laughs> like yeah, yeah yeah dynamic range the 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 harpsichord just strikes the note with a hamp with a 
or it, it plucks it rather because mm. it because it's a plucking action it's just a, this fixed thing <laughs> uh, yes but so then he starts with that it's this very rigid robotic thing uh that also sounds maybe like it's sequenced you know uh, maybe uh, and then mm-hmm. it but then he just like literally like the sound just kind of like liquefies as it goes on and it sounds like something organic is growing out of it that's all very psychologically rich like stuff uh, to me um you're right but i just hear that kind of stuff in every single thing that he does it always seems like there's a little visual analogy being played out with the or conceptual like weird conceptual links between these things like like <laughs> yeah it would be very interesting to i wonder if we could do like a, a podcast where we actually bring in music and like play little clips and talk about stuff well, I I would love. I was thinking like we could do um, an OPN podcast or like a specific album. Oh, dude, listen. I'd love to do that. Yeah, I would love Fantastic. to do that. Yeah. All right, cool. <laughs> like, probably, Let's do that. <laughs> it would it would probably get copyright striked if we included the music, but we could just both like listen to the album. Yes. Uh, like freshly, like just like on that same day. Or I something, think that, and then that there's some it. room to play clips if you just play it like five seconds at a time um uh-huh. i see that on these react channels which all exist somehow playing large sections of music but they but they really cut it up you know they, they'll show five seconds from the verse and then talk about it <laughs> and then another five seconds from later in the verse and talk about it uh, that's very interesting the problem we with could that is like then it's a... an editing thing because you know we 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 probably want to listen to it more fluidly when we're actually mm. listening to it and talking about it and then go in and cut out stuff to get it past the bots, but that becomes so tedious. That's funny. The idea of a of a React channel, but for like <laughs> yeah. sync. Like, I know. I really want to do that. I just I wish that that was. <laughs> I wish we had a slightly better technology situation to really make that happen. You know. I love how we're sort of grabbing all of the YouTube genres. <laughs> And just, just making them. a sync version yeah. of it. That's <laughs> what it does. It eats Let's... everything. <laughs> but, but no, I think that visuals, um, you're right. I think it is the land of um, symbol. And it's as if by drawing a picture, there is something very emotional going on in the fact that, yes, you're seeing a scene it's a specific it's more direct what it can evoke i suppose symbolically uh it's it's, that's an a central aspect i think of of all art like if you write a song Mm. something was inside of you that that has now been articulated Hmm. that's just profound when that happens and you know when you write a song that's like captures something you really feel that you know um, yeah, but I agree. There's something more shocking about seeing it. If you mm, see a mm. face or a figure or a scene or a, it, yeah, I don't, I don't know what to say about it beyond that. There's just, there's just an intensity level to it. Like, it really feels like something living. Hmm. Uh. Uh, broke through the barrier. <laughs> you know, it did it. It it got through it, it was it was an invisible force mm. and now it's it's found a body. 
so people can look yeah. at it and see it, you know? Yeah, that's funny. By the that, way, that, the title of my yeah. new little automatic drawing notebook is Ghosts and Hosts. That's what I've written <laughs> in front of it. Seems related. <laughs> uh, yes, hosts. Hosts. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Good that the yeah. host gets to be a piece of paper in this case. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But also you, in a way. That's the thing is you fuse mm. with that paper while it's happening. Mm. Yeah. You know, that's funny because that... Um, that brings me back to Jung's castle. <laughs> nice. <laughs> because um, if we can find a way to tie this all back around to this game at the end, we'll have done a really virtuosic thing. That's a good idea. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> um, yeah, because I don't think I can stay for much longer. But, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's yeah, Jung's castle for him seems to be like a more intense way. Of exp- of materializing something, yes, yeah, than than painting it. So, like McKenna says, there's like <laughs> the intensity of the dosage, or like the <laughs> yeah, uh, it it has to be. It's as if something is demanding a, a certain degree of intensity. It, again, I know that I always use this weird like orgasm analogy, but mm. I feel as if orgasm is an interesting thing because it can it can reach different like. Before orgasm, there are these different levels of arousal. Yeah. But by its very nature, it climaxes. There is a climax point. There is a boiling point yes. when water becomes vapor. Yes. So it it's a smooth transition. Although we should also say this this tracks masculine orgasm probably yes, more closely. Yes, you're than right. Feminine yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're right, you're right. Like, <laughs> but or exactly. Maybe a better analogy is like um water boiling or something like that that yes i feel as if the water can get hot 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 and then at some point and maybe it's smoother a transition than it seems to the human eye but to the human eye it seems that there is a point at which water starts boiling right right and i feel as if it's as if something in the psyche be it the anima or something there is an emotion maybe to simplify it, I could say that there is an emotion that wants to be felt or, or something, an idea that wants to be thought. And you can think it in a very warm kind of way, but it can get hotter and hotter and hotter. And then at some point it boils. Uh, as if, like, for example, um, and this is like speculative, but like for Jung, let's say that maybe drawing a picture of a castle was good but it wasn't boiling point. Yeah, yeah. Like, there was some I thing... do notice that. I, I wonder if it isn't some kind of a pathology. <laughs> yeah, oh, totally. Like, Constantly then, need my art to be more real. It, it seems like, like it can only end in death or something. No, exactly. Like, I, I, exactly. I would, I would, um... My I, I hope... share, like, I do feel, like, I think mm. as, I think all artists feel that way to some level. But, mm-hmm. You know, I, I think, yeah. Like we also need to keep a handle on it, maybe. <laughs> Yes, no, exactly. I suppose the way, and maybe, again, maybe I'm being very naive in this, but I feel as if the boiling point is not about, it's not necessarily about intensity. Mm -hmm. I don't know how to say it. Like, it's not like... Yeah, it's because... uh, Somehow the castle is about permanence. I mean, it's stone. It needs to be mm. carved into stone. It's not enough to just mm. put it on a paint page. I, mm. So I think that's part of it. 
but it's or, or the, 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 like yeah you know. or maybe the different different situations have require mm. different things um or like and and that's sort of what i've been feeling with um the painting as well that, that yeah. it feels as if because like you say it could lead you into this passageway where now I need my art to be more intense, so I'll start painting. But yeah. then I'll need it to be more intense, so I'll start sculpting. There's just something then... about it, though, that I can't quite... Uh, it's like mm. there is a world in my head mm. that is only something like... <laughs> I can't put a number on it. That's ridiculous. But it's some very pale reflection is what's actually mm. out there in my art that I've managed to get in my art yeah what's you know and i just want there's a world and i just want on some level i just want to live in it i want mm -hmm. so much to just live in it and i want my you know i hate the fact that my room looks nothing like it yeah it should look like <laughs> this other world and yeah you know i was watching this documentary about giger and he like lived in a castle more or less and the entire oh. thing looks like his art you know he's just mm. live he eventually found a way to just live in his paintings mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. i think that yes yes that has something to do with it yeah, i like it yeah yeah, yeah i just yeah, yeah. I, maybe i'm too quick i'm probably too quick to pathologize that you know maybe that's just mm -hmm. maybe that's just the name of the <laughs> it's just part of this art thing i don't know mm 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 like it's my, a my, very my... strong desire though i mean it's i think that's that's why i i, I have co like complicated feelings about it is it just usually desires that strong are um they need a little bit of work to yeah to integrate <laughs> and this one is so yeah. unconscious for most artists you know i've just become recently aware of this problem space really mm, so mm, mm. Yeah, no, you're right, because I, I constantly have this sort of naive hope that the boiling point isn't going to need more and more. Like yeah. like you say, it could be like a junkie situation where yeah, the dosage yeah, yeah. needs to be higher and higher. Right. But but something in me wants to hope that there is... Um, not not some sort of idealized future point where finally we will have reached the perfect form of expression for art, but more that uh, I like your idea about living in your kind of world, yeah, kind of thing. Like, I, I, I mean, it's, I it's exactly what society tells you you shouldn't do to be healthy. You know, you shouldn't immerse yourself in your own fantasy world. Mm. Except mm -hmm. though mm. that you're an artist, though. Isn't that the job? Like, <laughs> yes. Obviously, you need to maintain the ability to exit it, but but immersing deeply into it, well, that's probably only a good thing if you can if you can handle it. I guess you know. Well, and and also how by externalizing it, like you said, with Giga living in a castle yes, or something, it, you that share it a little bit more. Yeah. If if for example, um, dressing, I don't dress the way that I would like to, yeah, <laughs> in a yeah, way. Yeah, same. I'm, I'm trying to adjust that. <laughs> like, I, I, I feel as if there is, um, there is a way in which this desire to go into your inner world can also simultaneously be expansive outwardly. Yes. Oh, yeah, so totally. 
you live in your world in the sense that when you walk down the street, you are being who you are openly. Yes. You're not hiding. You're not yes, hiding because yes, you're exactly. afraid of what people will think and, and stuff like that. So I'm realizing more... recently, it's like so obvious, but like how much of my feelings about... <laughs> it's like I'm just constantly... Um, uh, I, I can't even... This is how obvious it is. I can't even quite put it into words also i interrupted you so maybe you should continue while i try to figure out what oh, i'm trying to say oh, oh <laughs> no, no 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 man i like i i, I was just actually fuck was I, I really had something i swear to god i had a worthy insight there but it, it oh shit it where, 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 <laughs> do you remember what what was um the catalyst like oh, uh i'm completely discombobulated what, what, what was it that you just we were just talking about I'm so sorry. Um, no, what, what, like I, the thing about being more honest, not being afraid of what people think, walking down the street and right, being yourself. Right, right, right. Walking down the street and being seen is something to do with the visibility of it. That. Um... Oh, here it is. Here's what I always say. <laughs> I'm, or what I always say to myself or somehow what I always think or believe is that the world can't handle my actual art and can't handle right. my actual identity and that if i were to just be myself fully like it w i would be instant like the world would end or something it's, it's yes. somehow it's the apocalypse is actually what that is but yeah. but what that is is just like a deeper expression of the self and of who you really are and it's it, it's not um it's not that the world can't handle it it could give a shit right it mm -hmm. it, it i mean probably um mm. It's that I'm terrified of it. I'm actually terrified of being seen completely. So that's, you know, that's yeah. still a link, like much less so than I have been in other phases of my life, but it's still a huge thing. And I do have, I think part of this, the feeling is just, yeah, it's not going to be done till it's done, until it's actually done. Mm -hmm. And you mm -hmm. actually become who you were born to be whatever that is <laughs> yeah yeah and i don't yeah. i don't feel that i'm you know maybe you're never there i don't know but um mm. but it does seem to me that uh i'm getting closer to it and it's weird too because i this is so funny but if you look at my instagram page it's mm -hmm. almost literal this process like the way that it's playing out there because you can see that i start <laughs> just selecting these images that are really like physically large like it's collage form and the image is just subdivided into six layers or something. There's just a few mm -hmm. elements. And then as it goes on, I start grabbing f smaller and smaller pieces and stitching them together more and more. And that, that gets smaller and smaller and finer and finer until it doesn't even look like collage work anymore. And then mm -hmm. at that point, it just pops through into actual painting. Like pa now I'm doing it pixel by pixel. It's been this <laughs> yeah. gradual... Um, refining of the precision by which I can dump a picture out of my head. It used to have to go through all the sampling and coarse assembly. Then I got better and better at that. And then eventually it, that got so fine, it was like I was painting already, just painting with <laughs> samples, you know, with found yeah. images. And then the transition to painting was so easy. It was because I already had the style. I found the style in this completely synchronic way by following my gut through Google images and just yeah, cutting wow. those pictures together. <laughs> and that it taught me how to paint. 
<laughs> and how to paint in a completely unique way, I, I think, you know, with, with my own yeah. kind of look and all that. So somehow yeah. that's the same. It's the same as when you start building your identity in life. You pull mm. coarse pieces in. They're very coarse, very broad. I'm going to grow up, I'm going to be a fireman. And that means these three <laughs> things. And I'm going to wear the hat and do the thing. I'm going to be married. I'm gonna be, and that's your vision of your life. And yeah. then you develop more. It becomes finer. It's There's more nuance. And eventually, it stops being a model. And it's just you. And, and just like with what yeah. happened with the painting, I found I could do it already. It's somehow like that. You've been you all along. <laughs> it's very <laughs> paradoxical. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I love that idea of like, yeah, going from collage to painting because the pieces of sampling are so small. Yeah. And oh, and by the way, like, that's the crazy thing. Like, not, that wasn't my plan, of course. None of yeah. that was, I didn't realize that till it had happened already. Once I broke through to the painting stage of it, I was just like, oh, that's really funny the way that happened because it's so ruthlessly <laughs> linear. You can just scroll yeah. up that page. It's like a perfect zoom, you know? Yeah. <laughs> You're it's right. so simple and linear and straight like like it's someone following a plan obviously but no like not at all yeah oh my god i oh my god and it's it's the thing about apocalypse that's really interesting because like that does seem to be a consistent um thing with uh like I hate to sort of bring this up now suddenly, but mm. a, a lot of uh, literature I've read on schizophrenia mm. and a lot of uh, sort of personal cases I've seen, both friends and friends of friends who developed it and stuff like that. Weirdly, there is a consistent thing I found about this idea of unlocking the apocalypse by doing a specific series of actions like you... Yeah, that, that you get the puzzle box right you get all the pieces right like like and and then suddenly right. reality right, kind right. of disintegrates yeah um and like you say it's as if and mm, and weirdly the way you get the puzzle pieces right isn't mm, through some logical procedure right no one can explain how to solve that box mm, they just play mm. with it and zone out <laughs> They just work right, their hands yeah. over it. And if you look at their faces, they're they're just kind of zoned. They're zoned. And then, like, it just explodes. Yeah. Mm, mm, mm. And the, the, it, it has to be that way. If you could explain the, the sequence, then the mm. whole thing would be broken. Because it's like, it's just the finding the moves is what lets the Cenobites know that you're fair game to eat. So if, if you could pass that <laughs> instruction along, it would become meaningless, you know? Mm-mm-mm. Somehow one gets the sense that, that there isn't a single external solution to that box. You know, I mean, it's <laughs> obviously it's a big psych psychological metaphor on some level. <laughs> anyway, in which case there is no real box to start with. I don't even know where, what level I'm talking about this movie anymore. But but it, um, it is funny. You're right. Like every scene where someone solves the box. Yeah. The box moves in different ways. Yeah, yeah. It's always different. And the rules of it are different. Like why does Kirsty get the fetus encounter but frank mm. goes straight to the alchemical yeah. disassembly you know <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah no so i really like how what you said that this image of the apocalypse yeah. like when you 
it there's a again there's an interesting sort of balance i suppose sort of that needs to be or that wants to be struck whatever between taking that super super literally like that literally reality is going to disintegrate when i <laughs> right. become myself yeah and not taking it literally enough yes that sometimes you yeah, can also yeah, exactly. not you're not taking it seriously enough there's like a weird sweet spot that can't be calculated like with a box you can't you can't mathematically say this is the exact coordinate of the sweet spot you know yeah, it's yeah. Like, yeah. Um, well weirdly <sighs> or maybe you can i don't know mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah it, sometimes it seems that Precisely by resisting and disbelieving, mm. you are hastening the arrival of a real apocalypse because the sinks intensify. Oh, good point. Yes, it's yeah. like how <laughs> it's like how when her brother dies, Enchantress just immediately like intensifies the portal. You know, it doesn't. Oh yeah. Like yeah. The more they resist, the more energy goes into that thing. Mm-hmm. It's. Mm. The thing is, is that I don't know what happens if you continue to resist, because mm. I didn't, and none of yeah. the people I know did, who I talked to in the sink yeah. world, presumably because they're alive. I, I assume yes. that people who resist it forever have some kind of a serious psychotic break that maybe they don't recover from, but that's a big assumption on my part, obviously. I yeah, no but idea. no, no, I, yeah. I mean, it, it, it. I think that that's definitely an option to, to consider it does seem yeah dangerous uh, enough it's somehow to, related to, lead to this to double that. bind stuff too right because it's like mm. you you're, you need to transcend that double bind mm. it's mm. like by mm. resisting that means staying in the yeah I, I don't know how to think about this because it I don't Unfortunately, this bumps up against the same problem we always seem to bump up, up, bump up against, which is this free will issue, you know? Yeah. How much is any of this about the ego's reaction? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Because, you I mean, know, because it does seem somehow that you can avoid it and resist it. And what resist it means, I guess, what is that? Maybe we can help ourselves by being more specific here. That means mm-hmm. um, denying... What does it mean? It can mean many things, I guess. Denying the reality of of various parts of the experience, I suppose, is mostly mm-hmm. what it comes down to. Right. Okay. Yes. Denying the that seems to be that seems to be the worst thing, right? If you completely deny any all aspects of the experience, that's like mm. that's a surefire way to get heckety really mad, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, if you just deny the literal reality of it, that seems less bad if mm, you ad- yes. if you admit the symbolic reality. But somehow mm. I get the sense that you also ought that that it's also <laughs> Yeah. Somehow the no. unconscious is also cross with you for denying the literal reality. <laughs> I don't know yeah. if that's true, but it seems it seems like that. Yeah. No, I mean... But you can't take it completely literally true because mm-hmm. in many of these instances, it just can't... It doesn't make any sense, right, to say that mm. there's actually, you know, there's actually an anthropomorphic cactus living in the Pope's head that, you know, that can't be literally true. <laughs> Probably. Um, yeah, yeah. 
And yeah. yet one has the sense that although they're not literally true, of course the image isn't literally true, but that the mm. symbolic fact that the image points to is literally true. Mm. That there is literally a situation in the Pope's head that mm. you might describe as being a cactus or whatever, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, I, I, I agree about like... um that a very real kind of apocalypse uh, seems to loom at the when you when you don't actually take it or when you yeah the, yeah there is something like um, okay yeah my, my mind's a bit confused right now but one thing that w was really resonating with this whole art drawing again uh is that i've been feeling that on the one hand the anima or whatever is i say whatever because i I'm, I'm very confused about what parts of the psyche are asking what things yes at this yeah point. <laughs> and i think we should say too that that's you know i think jung was confused about that too mm. i think it was a really hard thing to develop <laughs> this taxonomy and it mm, came out mm. of long, long engagement with very ambiguous, shifty figures, you know? Yes. <laughs> yeah, because I, I get the feeling exactly that something is asking for more, or, or for more art or for me to make art. Yeah. Uh, uh, that, that it's something that has always been my life's passion, but that somehow I have abandoned yeah, yeah. in some way and that, you know, Same, I, I yeah, need to make exactly. more. And the weird thing is that there is like a, a another side to this request, which is, you, it's not just that you need to do this, it's that you need to do this or else kind of thing. Yeah, like there the, is the, something the, like that. Well, that's, like that's, the, that's the ember energy somehow. Mm, yeah. She's an artist and she wants her song to be heard all over the world. But mm. she's, you know, but she also wants to take over the world. There's, <laughs> there's mm. something aggressive and maybe a little hostile yeah because like what i've been feeling is that um like on days and this has been happening like this week precisely that uh i've had a few sort of like experiences where my shadow has been projected onto people mm. in a much more intense way than it usually does yeah uh and and this has been accompanied with an even more urgent need to make art yes. than usual. Yeah, I find that association as well, I think. Like, I, the days when I have been really, like, creating a lot of stuff, it really does feel like I've gotten a whole load off my chest or something. Yes, yeah. Absolutely. Like, I feel... Well, and sometimes, it, we, as we've said, it feels really weird and sad and, and it can well, feel terrible. Well, I think but that's... There is... Yeah, yeah. That's what I meant, I think, when I said uh, mm. uh, that the energy has to be right for those automatic drawings. That's what it mm. is. There has to be a real problem in my life for that, <laughs> for those drawings to happen. <laughs> if there's no problem, it's like there's no tension. There's no libido to go into them. You know? That's a good point, yeah. You feel that it's... It's like at a at a crisis moment or yeah, something. Yeah, it's like that Jung quote where he says uh, that art arises from the same conditions as a neurosis. Exactly. Ah. 
Huh. Exactly. <laughs> I think that's exactly right. There's a neurotic something developing, and I have to I have to get in front of it by putting it into art. And it really and it's miraculous. It really does seem to help resolve these things. Like <laughs> I don't even yeah. know how a lot of the time, but feel and better. That that's the weird thing, like we were saying before, that somehow the like these days there have been days when I this sort of like an inspiration, let's say a creative inspiration has been sort of bubbling up and I have not been doing anything about it. I haven't been responding to it. Like something wants to be created, but I, I don't. Yeah. And when I don't and I, and this stuff accumulates and it accumulates. I have like fights with people or I have some, you know. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> like I, I, I felt super bad because like just the other day this happened that I sort of got angry with my mom for something really, really stupid. Yeah, yeah, I, and, I do and, that with my parents. And too, the second, yeah. the second it happened, I realized like, wow, you know, like something really fucked up just happened. Like yes, my, yeah. sh like I really, I really need to channel this energy into something else because, like, yeah. um, it, uh, it's it's like what we're saying about vulnerability, openness. It's like. I have so much, <laughs> this sounds kind of weird to say, but I have so much creativity right now, so much desire to do yeah. stuff that if I don't, it's almost dangerous. <laughs> no, dude, I get it. That's, yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, and, I have so that, much yeah. in my brain. It's just, and it's so aggressive with me, you know? Mm. I mm. If I'm not making, I am becoming mentally unhealthy at a, very alarming rate actually it's amazing how quickly i degrade <laughs> yes i basically yeah. i need to be making stuff every day most of the day which that's what has put me into this horrible situation in my life by the way this like poor starving artist thing i'm living out so exactly I just, I just can't yeah. i just you know I, yeah you, you i'd need rather to be... be poor and feel okay in my head you know what i mean uh -huh. so <laughs> yeah is, no <clears throat> And it's weird because, like you said, I mean, that obviously forces the question of the, um, let's say, the apocalypse or whatever, in the sense that if this is just what's happening in our individual cases, yeah, then what happens with the collective yeah. psyche? If the collective psyche doesn't express itself uh, enough, if this, then, then clearly that does result in like so in a yes, sense yeah. you do you do have to take that seriously in a sense yeah the the literal interpretation and at the same time you need the, to take it seriously you need to give importance to the symbolic interpretation as well like you you it's almost like it's forcing you to take it both serious literally and symbolically at the same time yes yeah yeah you have <laughs> it's to fucked up. you have to hold the interstate with it <laughs> uh -huh. with all these things the unconscious just loves that. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's just this sort of, the unconscious just this weird art connoisseur that has a very specific taste <laughs> yeah. and just yeah. loves this kind of stuff. And it, just, <laughs> it loves impossible contradictions that tear mortals apart. <laughs> <laughs> that's like, that's, that should have been, <laughs> that's like the back of the box description that Hellraiser deserved. <laughs> <laughs> time traveling interdimensional artists that enjoy tearing human beings apart with contradictions <laughs> yes the movie oh my god <laughs> <laughs>
Wow. But, um, I feel that all this, this stuff about childhood is the mm. way to bridge this back to little big adventure. And finally in this podcast, which by the way, we've, we've done over two hours again. I guess this is just our kind of our, our (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Good. (laughs) <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Let's let's bring it back somehow. Yeah, somehow. Well, okay. I mean, we have this game. <sighs> we have a game being made by artists. Mm. And I feel that this period of games was more artistic somehow. Maybe that's old man retro um, fetishization and, you know, mm-hmm. nostalgia. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, but it it feels like that. But I think I there really mean, is something yeah. to it because of the way the yeah because of the way the market stuff worked around it. Like at this period, you could make a game for less money. It was less high mm. risk. And uh, exactly, this game is so weird. I just have the impression that there was very little muddling with it for market reasons. You know. <laughs> mm. Yeah. And so you have artists that are making a story. And. Are we shocked that the story is about a magician who receives precognitive dreams? I mean, right. <laughs> that's a funny thing with stories. The people who tell stories are storytellers and artists and so on. So they, there's a selection bias thing, probably. You know. Ah, uh, right. So storytellers make stories about yeah. stories or something like that. Yeah. Like... Where are all the stories? You know, where are all the video games made by hardcore like? hockey fans you know yeah <laughs> that's their whole identity and yet somehow they make a game see it just couldn't occur so we never get mm-hmm. to see that there's a sense in which is it Ugh, sorry i really don't want to open i was about to open a whole nother can of worms <laughs> and uh i think yeah we're trying not to do that. Um, mm. Help me. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I'm drowning. I don't know what's going on. I'm afraid, right. I'm looking yeah, at a screen I'm... here that says, my cousin is a locksmith. He will open the unguarded door for you. Follow me. <laughs> <laughs> this was the whole sequence with the astronomer and all that. Like, yeah. Yeah. No, I'm afraid like, yeah, this conversation is kind of... <laughs> Yeah. Okay. May, it was a bold may, effort to try to make this all make sense. That's not going to happen. I have no idea where to even upload this file now. Is this a Screen Dreams or a Rainbow Club? I know. I feel really bad because like neither of those audiences is going to get <laughs> anything. Of what we're talking Interstate, about. Like, man. It's unconsciousness forces it. We were like, okay, here we go. We're gonna have these nice two separate little projects, and nope. Oh my God, you're right. The unconscious is Instantly, the tentacles like... are just bringing them together. It's like we might as well just merge it all into Rainbow Club. I don't know. Y- yeah, you're right. That, I mean, that that is an option. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely open to having Rainbow Club be... Uh, we could include... If we ever do OPN, like, um, Let's React videos, that right. could go... I mean, I'm getting ahead of myself. That's all just a possibility. Sure, sure. Because um, I, I like the idea of, of separate channels as well. But you're right. I mean, this is, it's going to be, we have a style of conversation that is going to be very difficult to follow if people aren't <laughs> following everything at the same time. It's such a problem. Yeah, he could say the same thing about Jung's style. You have to know everything else he said to make sense of it. You know. 
that thing. Yeah. Oh, God. (laughs) It really just, I really do believe it comes out of the material. The unconscious Mm. doesn't stick to boundaries, so. (laughs) It's the whole problem. Well, anyway, whatever this was, though, I feel that we touched on some very cool topics, at least. Yeah, yeah, no, I really, I think it was a very good one, yeah. And we'll have to, we'll have to just think about where we put it. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll figure <laughs> it out <laughs> one way or another. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're listening to this, then we, we figured it out. Yes. <laughs> and, okay. uh, and if you're listening to it and you're not subscribed to the other thing, subscribe to all of our stuff, please, everywhere. <laughs> Good <now>. point. <laughs> subscribe to everything. So you just have Alan and me just <laughs> live streaming into your brain 24 hours a day every day. <laughs> Dominating your feed. Yes. <laughs> that's what we recommend that's what we recommend don't listen to yourself don't think at all for yourself really just (laughs) just listen to us because we we have all the answers and it's if you listen to what we say you'll win the lottery and (laughs) we we've put syrup into the water supply (laughs) yes yes infinite syrup okay i'm gonna stop the recording at least here i think yes me too okay goodbye